Go behind the scenes of your favorite film and television music with Disney's Four Scores, a podcast featuring composers like Randy Newman of the Toy Story films, Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez, the songwriters behind Frozen and Coco's Biggest Hits, and Christoph Beck, the composer of Frozen, Frozen 2, and Ant-Man. We'll take you inside their process, struggles, and unexpected inspirations. Subscribe to Four Scores wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. adventure and go go squeeze is there for every run jump step of the way made from wholesome ingredients like 100 percent fruit and veggies real yogurt and no artificial anything in go anywhere pouches so our kids can keep going wherever their adventures take them go go squeeze you make the memories we'll make the snacks find us in the applesauce aisle let's go it is your classic metal show right here on the classic metal show.com that is brand new stuff from the mitch perry group the uh, name of the song is In the Morning. It is from the forthcoming release called Music Box. And on the line right now is the uh, guitarist, vocalist of most of that song and a lot of the other songs on here. It is um, the one and only Mitch Perry. Mitch, how are you, man? Uh, doing good. Uh, but I got to correct you on that. Okay. That was Keith England singing on that song. Oh, was not it? Not me. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's a great song nonetheless. <laughs> Yeah, you know, absolutely, and, and everybody on it killed on that sure. one. I mean, I, I love that tune as opposed to all the other ones on the record. We gave you little bits and pieces of all this different stuff, and that goes into a, a, a direction that I never usually get to play, you know, kind of like a Leon Rutherford kind of thing, and mm -hmm. uh, I'm really proud of that song. Sure. Well, well, Mitch, your, your press kind of most times i'll be honest i i read the press stuff that i get and i i kind of just kind of blow it off because it's usually just inaccurate hype but i will say your press your press and specifically one line that says something to the effect of the mitch perry group is creating classic rock in the modern time that might be the most accurate description of music box that i have seen man this is such a great record that were released that anybody that is a fan of of classic rock dating from like the 70s to the probably mid 90s will appreciate oh well, thank you for saying you know and that's exactly what we wanted to accomplish with this record is you know i i just i used to love the days when you would want to put on headphones and just sit back and listen to an album from start to finish. And so when we went in to make this record, I, I went in very specifically to make each song as quality, as full of quality as the last one. So, you know, so you wouldn't hear like the two or three songs you like, and then take the album off. Something that I think, uh, you know, it, it goes, it's a feeling that runs throughout the record. And it, it, it's, it's, probably because we tracked the entire thing live and we did it as, as close to a classic style of recording as we can nowadays. I mean, um, we didn't use a lot of auto tunes. We didn't use a lot of, uh, you know, any of the features that you can, uh, manipulate sounds with on pro tools. And, and because of that, I think we got an honest sounding record and, and it sounds a little bit fresh. You know, we didn't use a click track on it. 
Mm-hmm. So you've got the songs will move around a little bit, but they'll move around in a human way because, you know, we're sitting there with Hawkeyes on them and trying to make sure we don't you know, let any of the uh, anything by. Sure. You know, as as a fan, just as a fan, I can and hopefully I'll get to see this once this coronavirus nonsense goes away. But this this sounds like the kind of record that I or the kind of music that I would hear playing in a bar you know it almost in the background as i'm i'm hitting a you know a shot of jack daniels and chasing it with a beer you know it's it's definitely barroom rock and roll 101 man it's such a fun listen oh man thank you for saying i'm glad glad you like it so what's your favorite song on there uh i like i i love the saint valentine song i i'm a ballad guy so i really like believe a lot um i like the pain a lot there there I, I honestly you know one of the most unique songs on it is actually the cover and, and i'll be honest i listened to the to the the album from start to finish three times before i even realized that it was a cover that being the jumping jack flash cover because you did such a unique job of rear i mean it's completely rearranged in a way that you wouldn't just pick it out and go okay no stones cover you know it's yeah it's really you know it's funny because you're you're 100 correct on that and it was funny when when we're doing all the liner notes for the record and and everything and i go oh we have to send the publishing to keith and mick on that went why didn't i just change the words (laughs) (laughs) i could have kept the song yeah, it's it is it's it's unique, and but you know what? In in a way, that's that is such a a refreshing thing because you know everybody does cover songs now and again, and 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 they're you know as a fan, I get it. You know, it's something that's familiar, and especially when you're when you're launching something new, you know, it is good to have something that's kind of familiar. But the way that you guys completely reorganized this is. You know, like I said, I did not pick up until like the third time through that it was indeed a cover. <laughs> awesome. Well, that, that's the biggest compliment you can pay us then because <laughs> that that's basically, that's my knock about covers is I don't think anyone should do them unless there's a reason to do it. Sure. What's the reason to do it? Because you have a totally different take on the song that's so unique. It, it beg, you know, it, it deserves to be heard or, you know, if you're just so good at singing a particular song or playing a song and you just, you want to put it out there. But I mean, really, if you, if you're not going to change it to make it your own, I don't understand why you right. would be doing covers. Agree with you fully, Mitch. Well, well, Mitch, let's, let's talk a little bit about the formation of the Mitch Perry group. Um, you know, you've got a lot of people involved in it. And you yourself are not necessarily known for your your independent work as much as being you know being that guy on on everybody's speed dial when they need a great guitar player. So talk talk a little bit about your decision to to launch this group at this time and to also you know talk about putting the band together. Well, the, you know the band kind of fell into place just by a gig that I do out here in California. You know, um, I live in Hermosa beach and there's a club that I do a residency at called the standing room on Sundays. And we don't start, we we do our, we play from like five to nine, 
So even if I'm out playing with Sweet somewhere on the weekend, I can get the early flight home on a Sunday and do my gig on Sunday night. Okay. Now that band, the way we, we've never rehearsed, we just, you know, send each other cover tunes that we're going to play. We learn them, we show up, and we, uh, we just jam them out. And, but a song, the way we pick those songs is uh, we, we pick songs that we can kind of elaborate on and, and add bits and pieces and just, you know, turn into jams. I mean, Jumping Jack Flash is a perfect example of what happens to a song when we do it on a Sunday. Right. And, and that's basically... I brought that lineup into the studio with me, uh, the, all the people who play with me on Sunday. And that was the, uh, basis of the start of this record. You know, I'd had some songs, that, some new songs that I'd written that I was really excited about and a couple of songs that I'd been wanting to record for a while. So we just went in and, uh, and cut them over the course of the last year. We, uh, cut these nine tunes that you hear now. Sure. Now, talk talk a little bit, Mitch, about the um, the first single, "Believe," which you know, while while I don't think it was intended, it, it certainly fits at this exact time with the you know the the COVID thing going on, and and it's such an uplifting song. You know, it it really it really is not like so many people are are beaten down right now because of the coronavirus and what it's doing to their their financial life or their businesses or their jobs or whatever. Believe is a very uplifting, cool song that fits perfectly at this time. Yeah, it, it was, well, obviously it's a ballad and mm-hmm. a ballad would not be my first choice to release for, you know, from a new album. However, we finished mixing the album and sent all the stuff into the pressing plant and everything to iTunes the day before they put us on lockdown. Right. So... You know, at that point, I'm sitting at home going, uh-oh, what are we going to do? We can't shoot any videos. We can't do anything. Um, I call. I knew we had the video stuff that we had recorded uh, during the tracking for the EPK. Mm-hmm. So I called up our videographer, Ian Fisher, and we discussed, believe, and where we could get certain shots, you know, without having to go out and film them. And he came back at me two days later with the video that you see there. And, 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 and the whole point of picking that song was the words are written to be hopeful and optimistic. You know, it, it flip flops from, I just gotta believe. I don't want to believe, you know, that the end it's now I know I believe. And now I know I can see, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's the kind of message that really, I think everybody wants to hear right now. Because I, I, I mean, I know myself. I'm, I'm sitting here going, "What's next?" You know. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's <laughs> it, it. It is such a strange time, and you know, I, I'm curious for a guy like yourself that is pretty much lives on the road. You know, I mean, you you whether it's with the suite or or you're getting the call from anybody from Rat to Shanker to whoever it is. You know, you're a guy that's always out there. I have to imagine this time. For, forget the financial part. We all know what that's doing to every musician in the world right now. But creatively and just as an energy standpoint, I have to imagine this is very tough for you to just be home for this extended period of time. 
Well, it, it absolutely is. I mean, and we're lucky. We have a beautiful house, and you know, I'm here with my fiance and her daughter. And, you know, it's, it's an awesome place to be. Um, and I'm still going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, it's and and I suppose it's probably more the uncertainty of knowing what's coming out on the other end. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's surreal. In that we're in such a big predicament, but you know, we're here in Hermosa Beach. I look out the window and it's beautiful and sunny. I can see the ocean. It's, you know, there are worse places to be uh, locked up, but you don't, it's just such a weird contrast with what's really going on out there. And it's hard to sometimes put two things together, you know, because it's basically stopped us dead with everything we do with music and it will do for the next. I, you know, I don't want to be a, a pessimist or, you know, say, you know, be chicken little saying the sky is falling, but it's going to be really rough to figure out who's touring and how's touring and how to do it, you know, right. where we can go. I mean, everything is on hold. And then there are all the peripherals that have to line up. Do mm-hmm. we, what places are still open? What, you know, right. I mean, are there even backline companies, you know, that mm-hmm. might be affected by this? There's so many uh, pieces to the puzzle, and we don't know where any of them are going to land at this point. And that's not even taking in, into account the, the fact that once they, once everything is deemed open, quote unquote open, every single band in the world is going to be trying to get those same, you know, 250 venues across the country. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. Exactly. But you know, this is a thing too. I mean, even if they say you're open, yeah. if there's no vaccine, how many people do you think are going to come out and what percentage of your crowd is going to still show mm-hmm. if there's no vaccine? Yeah. And it's... you know, once that, figure seems to be uh, far enough below a hundred percent, you know, the promoters are going to go bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it, you know, we got to figure out, we've got to figure out a way, you know, to, uh, this is the thing you can sit there and what can we figure out until you know what the landscape is. You really can't make plans for it. Right. Yeah. So I guess you just have to prepare for any, mm. you know, eventuality it's definitely one of those times that you know while nobody likes to do it it's definitely going to be one of those it's going to be six months to a year of flying by the seat of your pants where it's just going to be okay i guess we're going or okay i guess we're not you know for a while exactly exactly that's what it will be yep exactly well mitch i'm curious for you you know doing doing the Mitch Perry group. And obviously you've, you know, you've done your independent work of other bands. What do you like to do better? Do you like to do what, if, if everything lined up, right, would you rather have the Mitch Perry group or, or do you like being that guy that gets the call to lay in some guitars here or to go out and play or, you, you know, with different bands? Well, I mean, both. Uh, I I love both of those uh, situations. I mean, because of all the people I've gotten to play with, I think that's, you know, obviously had an effect on my musicianship. And I've, I've learned so much more than I would have just, you know, 
playing in my own band and not being exposed to all these other musicians. I mean, you know, when I played with Edgar Winter, we would do work with Leon Russell. We would do stuff with Dr. John, with Rick Derringer. I mean, so I, I got to play with so many really amazing musicians. And I, to give that all up would have been really hard. Uh, but by the same token, right now, I'd much prefer to be in my own project. I mean, I'm playing everything I want to play. I'm not acquiescing to anybody's, you know, through a boss's desires or right. anything like that. And, and I also have one of the best bands I've ever played with. I mean, the, the lineup from top to bottom is just, it's insanely great. And when this band plays live, I mean, you know, that's what it is. Even though we've we've managed to make a pretty great record here, it's a live band. Sure. And when you see it, you'll, uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. Sure. Now, how, how does the creative work in it? Are you... Are you the take charge guy or is there, is it a true collaboration or a little of both or what? Well, let, let's put it this way. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I am the point guy, you know, I wrote all the songs on the record um, and I produced it. Having said that part of your job is finding people who are going to play what you want to play. So you don't have to go, no, 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 play it like this, do this, do this. You know, I mean, Tal, our drummer and Dan, both of them, I never really have to speak to twice about what they add to what I play. I mean, we get in a room, I play a, a, rhythm, a rhythm down and man, those guys just know where to go. And if, you know, the answer to that, it's pretty much, it's a collaboration, but I knew what I wanted before I went in. And because of that, I picked the people I picked. So they did it right away. And, and you know, it's, it's got everybody's personality. It would not be the record it is if it didn't have the people on it that it does. I mean, the, the reason that record feels the way it does is because the band is playing live throughout the whole thing. We didn't use a click track. We didn't, you know, we made it as organic as possible. Now you could do that with a hundred other bands. It might not work as good. It might work better, you know, but with this particular group of people, it's the only way to record them. They, you know, it, it's too good not to. Sure. Do you, uh, I'm assuming since you do jam it on Sundays that you're obviously once again, once the world opens up, your, your plan is to take it live. Will you, will you take it live across the country or will it be more or less West coast or what are your thoughts? Um, well, I mean, I'd like it to go everywhere. I want this to be, you know, the, the final segment of my career, if you want, but, um, you know, uh, we we can't really be certain where anyone's gone. I mean, once they say we can leave our houses, we still don't know what, you know, what capacity will be for shows, what travel will be like. I mean, remember, we've got to carry guitars on planes with us. Who knows what kind of things are going to change with how we get from point A to point B sure. once we start doing it again. And, and they're all things that that tap into what makes a, uh, what permits a band to tour. You know mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. We, we don't travel around carrying our own gear anymore. We do mostly fly dates. So, you know, there's so many pieces of the puzzle that have to be sorted out 
before we can even make a decision on any of that. Sure. Do you worry that this could end up becoming one of these quote unquote lost records because, because the situation is so weird that it might, you know, I mean, it legitimately could take a year plus before everything sorts out. Well, then it gives people a year to see this before we actually have to start the game up again. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's the only way to look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I have a lot of time to sit on the phone and get people, you know, into the album, but you know, eventually we got to get out there and play right. and that's going to be the only way for people to really, you know, I mean, that's what we do. We're musicians. You have to play live. Yep. I agree. Totally. <laughs> Uh, Mitch, I got to yeah. ask you about one thing that you were involved in that just seemed like it was insane. And, and again, that was outsider looking in, but talk a little bit about the, the rat experience, because it just seemed like it was so much turmoil and almost to the point that what you guys were doing on stage almost got lost in the mix. Yeah. Well, you know, th- this is a funky question. I mean, you know, Bobby, I, I've known all those guys since before they were rat. Okay. You know, I mean, we go way, way back and that's everybody in that band. Um, when Bobby called me and asked me to do that, he offered me decent money. I knew all the stuff that was going on between uh, all the guys. Mm-hmm. And I said I would do the gig, but I also kind of kept it at arm's length because, you know, I mean, from my mind, even though I was out there playing rat songs and it was Botser, you know, it's not rat, right. whatever anyone wants to call it. I mean, you know, it's, it's so because of all the peripheral bullshit, it wasn't as an enjoyable an experience as it could have been. The other guys in the band, uh, Brad and uh, Josh and, and Stacy were all great guys. So on that end, it was, it was fun to play those songs with those guys. But, you know, I, I, I kind of stayed out of being, I did never post, Hey, I, I'm playing with rat here. You know, I showed up at the gigs and, and played them and went home and tried to stay out of, uh, out of the, uh, <laughs> the insanity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had a much, mean a word for it but uh, yeah it, it was just uh you know it was a short period of time and and it was fun to play those songs i gotta tell you i always loved warren's playing sure once i had to learn his stuff i hated it <laughs> <laughs> hey what why did you hate it because it was difficult to play or because it was so yeah so good he he's got a really really incredible unique way of phrasing and so it you really you know there's certain gigs, okay, like when I play with Sweet, mm-hmm. I love it because I don't even have to think twice right. about what I do with the band. I mean, if I play around with a song, I think the DNA in my playing must be similar to Andy Scott's because everything just seems right and seems natural, and it's a piece of cake. When I played in Rat, don't get me wrong, I love all those Rat songs, sure. but that, that's not how I play. So it was a real, real chore to have to learn how to play them and make them sound good. And, you know, and that's part of the gig. You know, there's certain gigs you can go in and play and just play your own way and it's fine. But in a gig like that, where Warren is such a great guitar player and such a stylist, you're selling the fans short if you don't at least try to, you know, 
play the solos the same way because right. they're pretty iconic. Absolutely. Well, one group, yeah. that, one group that I know you're comfortable playing, playing in, and it fits your style perfectly is the Mitch Perry group. The new album is called Music Box. And Mitch, I tell you what, as a tradition on the show, we always let the artist pick a closing track from the release. Maybe tell us a quick story about it. So what would you like us to wrap this interview up with? Okay. Well, if we're going to play a closing track, let's play them Jump Jack Flash. All right. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's that's our take on humble pie, um, and that's also me singing on the second verse. Cool. So, you know, Keith sings the uh, first verse, and then I handle the second, and then the girls go crazy on the breakdown. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, let's check yeah. it out right now. It is Jumpin' Jack Flash. It is the Mitch Perry Group right here on your classic metal show. Let's go. Days are filled with adventure, and Go Go Squeeze is there for every run, jump, step of the way. Made from wholesome ingredients like 100% fruit and veggies, real yogurt, and no artificial anything. In Go Anywhere pouches, so our kids can keep going wherever their adventures take them. Go Go Squeeze, you make the memories, we'll make the snacks. Find us in the applesauce aisle. We should start a podcast. Yeah, we've all said it. But when it comes time to make it a reality, we get stuck. Well, here's some good news. With Spreaker, all you need to start a podcast is a microphone and a good idea. Spreaker handles the recording, management, distribution, and monetization of your podcast, allowing you to focus on making a podcast. Whether you're discussing the latest moves in the tech sector or just your dating life, Spreaker gives you tools to make your podcast a hit and professional insights about who is listening and where. And as your podcast dream grows, Spreaker only becomes more useful, letting you upload and schedule multiple episodes at the same time, push to multiple platforms and customize RSS feeds. But what about making money? With Spreaker, monetization is as easy as checking a few boxes. So next time someone says to you, we should start a podcast, Say yes and let Spreaker handle the rest. Learn more and get 30% off at Spreaker.com slash get started. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R dot com slash get started. 